I put my bag down and suddenly realized this was a magical moment. Donald, this is Don coming to you live from Griffith Park in Los Angeles, California, where currently the air quality is shit as the wildfires rage on and, you know, as the pandemic also continues, all we really have left here is uh, traffic and overpriced lattes. So I just want to thank you for bringing your adventures and your gift of storytelling to us via the Traveler's Art Podcast, you know, especially in a time where traveling feels much more limited than ever. You know, we can at least put ourselves in your shoes for a moment and, you know, transport to a different time and place with your incredibly detailed depiction of your experiences, which I really, really enjoy hearing. So keep doing what you're doing because we love it and we need it. And uh, much love to you. Hey, Dawn. Thanks for that voice memo. And yeah, overpriced lattes. uh, Something I don't like about Los Angeles, I can tell you that. Yeah, the smoke from fires, it will wear you down. And some of the photographs I've seen of the sky is very apocalyptic. Yeah, travel for all of us seems a, a distant goal for sure. But I appreciate hearing from you. And you know what I like? I like you told the truth, which is refreshing. Not a standard intro of, I'm this great person and I'm going to do this, and you know, which is another form of self-aggrandizement, which thankfully you didn't do. But again, thanks a lot, Don. And I hope you can find some fresh air. I'd love to hear from anybody else that wants to share a voice memo on what they're doing. To send me and the rest of the listeners a message, just let us know who you are, what you're doing at the moment, Maybe a small detail you've noticed, some good food or a person you met. A subtle but significant little piece of experience. Try and keep it to a minute or less. And bonus points go to those that are creative, by the way. We have a few things I'd like to cover before we dive into this podcast. In today's world, where so much of our attention has been hijacked with superlatives of influencers and dopamine hits on social media, and a life we spend more time looking at the small screen that we carry around with us like a giant pacifier, that we're not paying attention to the world around us. There was this public service announcement in Australia called Look Up, which is basically telling, you know, advising people and and sharing with people that you're going to miss a lot of the world around you if you're just staring at the little screen in your hand. And the art of conversation and meeting people is so lost. People don't talk to each other. They just stare at that screen. It's it's almost like a a form of self-enslavement. I've been doing this practice and I, I, I challenge everybody to try it. Turn your phone on airplane mode and only check it once an hour. I mean, unless, you know, you've got kids or you're expecting a call, but you don't need your phone on all the time, right? Do you remember the days when we were all younger 
and you had a phone that was on the wall in your house. And if you don't, this is a true story. People did not have mobile phones for a long time until recently. And you would have a little recorder and you would play the – people would leave a, a recorded message for you at your house. And you'd have to wait until you got home to find out who called you. And whoever left a message had to wait for you to get back to them because you were at work or you weren't at home. Like it was okay to not get a hold of somebody right away. That type of reality would be heretical in today's world. I think the new currency that we will start seeing is people who have the luxury to be unavailable or those with the intestinal fortitude to not be available all the time. That's a little bit of a side tangent. Sorry about that. All right, so let's get into this story. So today's story is called Mismatched. I was walking through a cornfield following a local farmer who was taking me to a vantage point where I could view the village's farms in this remote location. It was a very cool morning, but it was also quite damp, as one would expect when you're walking through the mountains of El Salvador. There were small birds calling in the morning light, and as we found our way to the location for the morning shoot, I noticed a flock of white birds flying in formation off to start a day of feeding. Reminds me of people going off to a work site. There were small little misty clouds and depressions in the terrain. And there was a smell that was like organic freshness, a combination of soil and florals and trees and leaves. I love mornings like these. Getting up early is always hard, but the benefit, man, it far outweighs the drawbacks. As the sun rose and the light shifted, my focus would be more the living areas and the home activities versus the landscape. So I ended up walking back to the local village into the group home that I was staying in. I sat down on a small wooden crate and one of the farmer's wives came to me and asked me in Spanish if I would like a coffee. I was a bit taken back as I've always had a bit of aversion to being waited on and my independence streak really runs deep. But I said, si, café con leche, which is coffee with milk in, in my pathetic Spanish, by the way. She smiled and walked away and went over to her outdoor kitchen. She put another small stick of wood into the slow-burning wooden stove. She grabbed a tea kettle, walking out to the hand pump, and filled it with water. I put my bag down and suddenly realized this was a magical moment. And I wanted to watch it unfold like a lotus flower, revealing its petals. And I didn't want to miss it. Putting the kettle back on the stove, she grabbed a hand-operated fire bellows, you know, and put a few puffs of air to get the fire up to snuff, so to speak. Then she grabbed a paper bag from the shelf to her right, slowly measured out two equal measurements of coffee beans and put them into a hand grinder and commenced to grinding the beans 
stopping occasionally to look at the fire and check in on its on its temperature. And then she went back to grinding those beans. She reached over the stove to what looked like a like a stand and then grabbed a handle with a hoop on the end that had a long cone of thin linen fabric attached to that ring. She then placed the handle onto the stand and positioned this really pretty coffee cup underneath it at the end of the cone. The water in the kettle had gotten hot at this point, so she poured some hot water through the linen cone that then dripped into the coffee cup at the base of the cone. Satisfied with the result, she put the kettle back on the fire, picked up the coffee cup that had the drippings from the linen cone and tossed it into the grass. She then grabbed a piece of paper that was sitting around, just a scrap piece of paper, and made a quick little funnel with her hand. Taking the little drawer out of the hand grinder, she put the paper cone over the linen cone and emptied the grinder drawer of the freshly ground coffee into a perfect little mound at the end of the linen cone without so much as a grain of grounds landing on the sides of the cones. I was blown away. I marveled at her skill and attention to detail. With the grounds in the linen cone filter and the teacup at the apex of the cone, she picked up the teacup. So she didn't just pour the water in. No, no, no. Instead, she gently poured the hot water on the sides of the upper portion of the cone very slowly, letting the water flow down the sides thus wetting the grounds on the linen surface first. This accomplished, she began to slowly pour a steady stream of water over the center of the grounds. Stunning, beautiful, caramel brown liquid began to flow into the coffee cup. Once full, she took the cup and put it on a saucer and placed a small spoon on the side. She then reached down into the floor to her left. Now, this is a dirt floor. There was a piece of wood about two feet by two feet square, about a half a meter by half a meter. She picked it up off the ground and then reached into the hole and pulled out a thick glass carafe. It was cow's milk. There was a piece of plastic that was over the opening of the carafe and a rubber band had put on top. And so it was like this makeshift lid. So she put it on a table, then took a glass, put some hot water in it, pitched it to the side, and put milk in the hot glass. So she put the coffee cup, the milk, and a small jar of sugar onto a wooden plank and brought it over to me. Café con leche, señor? I was in awe. She set it down on a small stool next to the chair I was sitting in and walked back to the kitchen. I picked up the spoon, I put a little bit of sugar into the coffee, took the milk and put a little small splash of, of, of milk into the coffee. And with the spoon, I stirred it together. And it turned that coffee creamy color that is so pretty when you add milk to coffee. I picked up the cup and saucer, brought it to my lap and had a sip of the coffee. Now, I keep my expectations under check. Uh, I've been disappointed by getting too excited about something. So I was just like, it'll be good coffee. I took the first hot sip and kept it in my mouth, letting it touch my entire palate. 
much like a salmonier would do with wine. This was an exquisite cup of coffee. The flavor was so rich and so deep. It was slightly tart, but more at the finish and with a light berry flavor in the front. It was the kind of coffee one dreams of. I sat in pure bliss as I drank the coffee and looked out into the farm fields. There was no radio, no motor traffic, no one was talking. It was just the sound of the wind as it moved through the cornfields and the palm trees. Finished up, I put everything back on the wooden plank and brought it over to the kitchen area. She was reading and was actually surprised to see me holding the tray. Oh, senor, I will take this. How was your cafe? I said it was the best cup of coffee I had in my life and that every sip was full of flavors of this region and the love you put into making it. Tears started well up in her eyes. Thank you, I said. I will never forget this moment. And as she took the tray from me, I noticed that the cup and the saucer were mix-matched. Years later, I was making a dinner for some friends. And for dessert, I served a scoop of homemade ice cream with a small cookie and a snifter of my home distilled and barrel aged rum. One of the guests said, that seems like so much work. I would just go buy it. At that moment, I was reminded of my coffee in El Salvador. Perhaps to some, I said, but for me, the act of creation is half of the experience of eating. That coffee experience has changed the way I see and interact with the world almost every moment of my life. If I had been on my phone looking something up or posting some worthless and contrived social media post, I would have missed that experience. Do you know you can see your daily phone usage? Like how long the screen is on and you're looking at it. One day I noticed mine and I took that number and I multiplied it by 30 days and was appalled by the amount of time I had wasted and squandered looking at colorful electrons that stimulated my hypothalamus to produce little hits of dopamine to ensure that I keep looking. I asked myself, how many cafe con leche moments have I missed because I'm staring at this screen? I cannot say enough how important it is to look up. It is the little simple pleasures and awareness that matters and ultimately will stand out. Noticing the fact that the cup and the saucer were slightly mismatched, sealed forever in my memory, how important the smallest and simplest things in your life can be. That cup of coffee changed who I am. That will wrap it up for this episode, everyone. Thanks for listening and sharing this time together as we dive deeper into the understanding and the philosophy of travel. 
You know, if you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor. If you know one person that's a traveler or dreams of traveling and would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. It's easy to do and it doesn't cost you anything. If you want to connect with me, visit the website, thetravelersart.com, where you can send me an email. And I'm going to end this episode with some music that I will never forget when I was traveling through Latin America. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Ese amor llega así esta manera No tiene la culpa Caballo le dan sabana Porque muy despreciado Por eso no te perdono llorar Ese amor llega así esta manera No tiene la culpa Amor de compra y venta Amor del pasado Ven, 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 ven. Yo la aprendí a vivir así. ¡Vamos, Leo!